Hey everybody, this is Dylan Yacht from The Wrestler Review. At one point during this show, we make a ton of jokes about Michael Hayes dating Eva Marie. Now, we of course know he dated Rosa Mendez. And we remember that later on during the riff. But it's a lot of jokes, very, very funny, about Michael Hayes dating Rosa Mendez, who we mistake for being Eva Marie. We apologize to Miss Marie and to Miss Mendez. And, but not to Mr. Hayes, because he's a fucking creep. Please enjoy the show. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We love you. Jump, jump. It's the Wrestle Review, y'all. Jump. The Wrestle Review. Jump. With my boy, John Hastings. John Hastings open his bitch. And that dude, Dylan got bro. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Welcome to the Wrestler Review. Sorry if there's a fan in the background. I'm in Cardiff, Wales, and it's 30 degrees, and I'm totally naked. Welcome to the Naked Review. It's 30 degrees in Wales? It's 30 degrees in Wales. Everyone in Wales must be just shooting guns at the sun. Everyone is just outside drinking cider. I've never seen the city busier in my life, and I've been here for Halloween and St. Patrick's Day. I was here for Halloween. I was getting a bus at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, coming back from a gig, goddamn, don't we all love starting in England? And I had to take a big mass of shit, and I walked up to two police officers and was like, hey guys, I really have to take a big shit. I don't want to do it on the street. And they were like, we'll let you into the station. And then they did, and then I took a big shit in the station. That's great. That's a, re- that's a really, really like 1950s apple pie story. Good for you. All I mean is like, all right. Oh, by the way, I'm Dylan God and I'm John Big Shit Hastings. Yeah, Big Shit Hastings. I'm just saying, when I lived in England, they had a day where it was 26 once, and they were like, "What the fuck are we supposed to do?" <laughs> they reacted. It was like the sun is trying to kill last, us all. No, last last summer it was 32 degrees in London, and people refused to go on the tube. Well, that makes sense because the tube is a full 10 degrees hotter than because it doesn't make any sense where it's like the country's so advanced in some ways but in in canada it legit if you do not have air conditioning you can just go on the subway in toronto and you'll just enjoy air conditioning for a bit because we put air conditioning on there because it's a public service and people deserve well here's the thing with canada is canada i have some problems with but canada is smart and then it just goes we'll prepare for all weather and who cares um England yes. and America both are no, doesn't happen here. Like I didn't know it could snow in California. It snows apparently in parts of it every year, and they just refuse to buy a plow. It's just like, oh, you got you live in this town now. <laughs> it snowed in Saskatchewan like a week ago. We're all gonna die. I hate that. Yeah, man, snowed, full snowed, winning, ladies and gentlemen. This is another installment in our Stephanie McMahon saga. This is Stephanie McMahon part five. And this is an interesting episode of the Wrestler Review because there's pretty much no in front of the camera Stephanie McMahon stuff. What this is, is if you were to watch the movie Batman Begins, this is when Stephanie travels to uh, the mountains to be taught by Liam Neeson about how to be Batman, which I mean she makes... Such insane strides in how she is on television and her character and just overall as a performer, she goes from terrible to great. 
in these eight years, I mean, obviously, but in these eight years of just like becoming a mother, firing everyone behind the scenes, becoming basically one A to her father. Um, yes, that's true. Except for one thing, she is still a terrible television performer and I don't like her being on television ever. We'll argue about that next week when we talk about, ooh, the This authority. is what I think of the authority and her performance. There you go. Yep, it was a, a fart. good one too. It's a fart. It sounded like you flushed a toilet. <laughs> you flushed a brown toilet out of your booty hole. I got a toilet inside my asshole. That's why I shit in the sink, bruh. October 3rd, 2005. She gets stunned by Steve Austin. Who then yells, take that, Deborah. Yeah, yeah no, it's very interesting because Stephanie uh, goes in for the stunner at the Raw homecoming. For those of you who don't remember, Raw switched back to the USA Network on October 5th, 2005 in a very lopsided TV deal for them because in the um, years they had gone from the Attitude Era to the post-invasion, ruthless aggression, Gene Snitsky era. And Spike TV was like, we're going to cut this ludicrous amount of money we're paying you and... Vince was like, no! And then so he went back to USA and did not get any more ad revenue um, for many, many years, which uh, led to the waning fortunes of the WWE for quite some time and caused their stock to dip quite significantly. So he brought Steve Austin back in to stun every member of his family, including Linda, who takes the worst stunner. And Dylan is correct. When he stung, gave Stephanie McMahon the stunner, he was then found backstage trying to get her to put on a blonde wig, and then he was just found kissing the wig. (laughs) Yep, and then that's another segment where... Do you think that Steve Austin just has stopped his new wife from Googling him? I don't know how you convince... Now today, I don't know, maybe it's a woman from Texas who's like, well, maybe she shouldn't have said those things to make him upset. Oh, sugar, the one thing I know about dealing with a man is once he's had two beers, you just lock the doors and remain silent until he's wet in the trousers and ready for eggs. (laughs) She should have just gave him what he wanted. What did he want? To hit her? Okay. Well, then she did it. I don't understand why you're so mad. A woman's mad. place isn't to say no, it's to say, my fault. <laughs> a woman is an end table with a wet spot a man likes. I hold a lot of drinks on my head. Here's the thing you need to remember about Steven. He's about three years away from dementia and then all that money's fucking mine. <laughs> This is how bad of a father Steve Austin is as a father. He is a bald man from Texas who hunts, and he admits to being a bad father. As opposed to everyone else who is like that, this is like, I'm a fucking great father. Call him every Sunday. I don't have their number. I just yell out the door. Hello, daughters. Hello. Well, that <clears throat> that's the weird thing about Stone Cold is that like he's not, as far as wrestling goes, he's like our dude, like the rock the Rock was always not really our dude. You could tell that. Like, you could tell The Rock had bigger and better things on the horizon yeah. for him. He's handsome. He was just, like, really, like, good off the cuff. Whereas Steve Austin always kind of came back to wrestling. He never really achieved film success enough to not be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, every character he ever played was Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's funny. He still does insider wrestling podcasts. He had Tony Khan on a while ago. Um, he's still our dude. Like he's the top wrestling dude. Like he's great in the ring, great on the mic, blah, blah, blah. The problem is that he did, uh, stomp a mud hole in his wife and we've all just forgotten and forgiven versus some people who we constantly bring shit up with. Do you know what I mean? 
Like if Hulk, if Hulk Hogan had better matches, I think people would have skirted over his racism, and that's so sad. Absolutely agree. And also, like, let's not okay. Jerry Law, uh, the um, uh, Deborah thing, horrible. Also, how he left his first wife was just like she was like, I got all these kids, and you're never home. And he's like, Hell yeah! And she's like, No, I need your help. And he was like, Uh, give me a hell yeah, and just left. Uh, but but you gave me the name Stone Cold, so bye bye. A real piece of garbage, if you ask me. <laughs> so, check this out. The next time she returns, October 2005, and then the next time she's on TV is March 2006. This is how a McMahon should be used. So, visibly pregnant, Stephanie returns uh, on Raw, approaching Shawn Michaels backstage, claiming to have abdominal pains. Michaels left to get her wa- some water, and Stephanie pulled an unmarked substance out of her uh, bra and poured it into his bottle of water. The substance caused him to get groggy during his match against Shane later that night, and he lost. So, there you go. And then she's off TV for a while. Heavily pregnant. She's heavily pregnant with her daughter, Aurora Rose Levesque, of course. What fucking yep. shitty new money fucks? Aurora, go fuck yourself, Stephanie. Yeah, baby. Fuck you. Fuck you and your fucking probably hot daughter, you know? <laughs> All right, Jerry. <laughs> how how often do you think that they have just found Jerry Lawler just at their house? Oh, hi. I brought you a potato salad. Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Jerry Lawler has uh Jerry Lawler has like their ages on an oven oh timer my that's God. set to four, to when they get become 14 and then when it dings, he goes time date. The muffins are the That's what he does. That little weird Pillsbury Doughboy thing too. He goes, <laughs> he for sure does that when he sees a fortune. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Brendan Burns, friend of the show and retired comedian, uh, brought up that we should be careful about what we say because people from wrestling listen to the show, which they don't. Only good people listen to the show, not weird wrestlers. Um, if Jerry Lawler ever hears this and is worried about me calling him a pedophile, I don't give a fuck. I'll punch you in your fucking heart, you predator. Go fuck yourself. Continue, Dylan. We've done. We've called him a pedophile, pedophile. quite a bit. And so is Jerry Jarrett, and I have no evidence of that. Ah, whatever. <laughs> we also just call people pedophiles is just a thing to do. Other pedophile, Stephanie McMahon, she's fucked a lot of kids by firing their parents and then laughing as they're like, I needed the money for my mortgage. She's like, you have a mortgage? <laughs> Eat my tampon. Eat it. Stephanie was part of the greatest angle of all time in which after her Vince faked his own death after the Battle of Billionaires match against Donald Trump, he uh, the, the, the great angle where Stephanie, um, Stephanie announces that her dad does have an illegitimate child who's on the roster and that was supposed to be Mr. Kennedy and turned out to be Hornswoggle. Do you also know that, uh, do you know one of the best things about this angle, about what happened? Uh, No. They accidentally didn't realize that they made it also work for Sandman. What does that mean? Oh, you so mean... So Sandman was-, was also in the ring. They brought the whole roster down and slowly eliminated people. And then they got down to it and didn't remember that Sandman worked as being the Ill- illegitimate son. And the Sandman was obviously just drunk and just like, Ah, it's me! It's me! And they're like, Oh, God, we got to get him out of the fucking ring. That's great. <laughs> he just pulls his yeah, dick yeah, out. Yeah, you're my dad. <laughs> Do you got a mole on your fucking shaft too, buddy? <laughs> I need to borrow some money for some shit. I'm who Stone Cold pretends to be. <laughs> That's the other thing. Is like Everyone always is like, oh, this is a ripoff of the NWO. Steve Austin was a ripoff 
of Tommy Dreamer and Sandman. Yeah, but he was a better wrestler than both yeah, those guys. Oh, 100%. Now, let's get into the fun stuff. Stephanie was promoted. Yeah, that's all. Most of it is, is like, uh, what if this guy played drunk but was sober? Ingenious. <laughs> you mean, wait a minute. If I'm hearing correctly, he isn't blackout drunk or the drunk thing is actually a lie because it's more or less four beers, but so many somas. This is interesting. I'll have to sit down. You're telling me pretend? Uh, if you will, act. Act. My word. <laughs> That's how Stone Cold was born. So wait a minute. Not like Dick the Bruiser where he actually really did fight a guy earlier. It's just he. It was a draw because they both got exhausted because they were so drunk. I'm intrigued. Uh, 2007. Hang on, let's let's take a step back and go through. Hang on, hang the fuck on. Couple of things that are slowly happening. I'm hanging on. 2005 to 2007. Essentially, Stephanie is either on purpose or accidentally consolidating power. One of the big people that she moves out of the company is Dylan. Can you answer the question? Your boy, Bruce Pritchard. No, Paul Heyman is the first one to go. Paul Heyman eventually leaves because of a variety of creative differences with the company. Now. There's two sides of the story. Hilariously, Paul Heyman's story makes him much look much worse than the other side, which was he was constantly clashing with Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Stephanie McMahon did not get his vision, didn't get what he was trying to go for, didn't understand why he was developing wrestlers in certain ways, didn't like things like he was putting wrestlers in tag teams, all sorts of that stuff. It eventually got back to her father, and he was booted. Paul Heyman claims that it was because he... Um, uh, would get up early on Saturday morning for this conference call that Vince McMahon liked to have. And uh, Paul Heyman decided like to listen in on the conference call and take notes. He got called listening in because he didn't charge his phone properly and uh, got fired for committing corporate espionage. Now, that's clearly not true. And it was Stephanie McMahon fired him because he she didn't like his attitude. So I would say this, and I don't know if this has ever been brought up explicitly, is that it's hard to become the a person at a job once you've run a business like that. Because he probably, Heyman does, wants to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he can run a company that not only makes money, but is also, like, loved by the dirt sheets. Because that's basically what Paul Heyman is, and that's the weird thing about professional wrestling, is that, like critically acclaimed even if those critics are just like wrestling fans who other wrestling fans like the opinions of critically acclaimed but you know terrible in business and i'm sure he wanted to prove himself but the thing is now you have the rise of stephanie mcmahon who's now um she's got a family she's in her 30s she's an assured woman at this point right and triple h sees the end of the line even if it is 2007 like he's been on top for five years now john cena is clearly the person to take them into the next level of what they want because now they're a pg company so it's a very interesting as i'm sure all companies are it's just this is the clown show um it's a very interesting situation the company finds itself in and honestly 12 years later they're in the same fucking situation or no, Stephanie's moved on, and now she just does charity uh, stuff, correct? Yes, that's the that's the supposed theory, and Paul Heyman, as you just stated, is coming back, and will I guarantee have the same problems that he had when he was working under Stephanie, because Stephanie is just aping what her father says. A variety of other um, 
underlings and main dudes that uh, constantly worked with her dad throughout their most successful era are shuffled along. Uh, Jim Ross is no longer the head of creative. Uh, Michael Hayes is put into a prominent role within the create. Uh, or no, my, uh, Jim Ross is no longer the head of talent. Michael Hayes is put into a cr- prominent head of creative. He is always thought to have been the guy that stewarded uh, Stephanie McMahon through the creative department and gave her a lot of advice, so much so he wasn't fired for being drunk at her wedding and singing a lot. But, I mean, it's his own personal time. And they also didn't fire him for saying the N-word to Mark Henry. So, I mean... No, well, first of all, he was way more likely to get fired for getting drunk at a wedding than he was for um, saying the N-word to Mark Henry. Like, (laughs) welcome to to wrestling. (laughs) You said the N-word to Mark Henry. I'm promoting you. You're Vince McMahon now. You're my dad. (laughs) Hi, young dad. I guarantee that Vince McMahon likes having Michael Hayes around because he can point at him and be like, that guy's younger than me. And everyone's like, <laughs> fuck. And he's like, I do look good. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Even though, as I'll say, everyone makes fun of Michael Hayes because he looks f- like he looks legit like a fucking uh, clown that would murder people. But he did date Eva Marie, which is insane. I mean, and for a while, right? Yeah, he got tired of having sex with her. That's not the reason they broke up. No, that's not the reason they broke up, but like they were dating that long where he was like, yeah, I mean, I guess. That's fucking insane. <laughs> Ugh, Eva Marie wants to have sex. It's Tuesday. I don't have sex on Eva Tuesdays. Eva Marie? Um, uh, sober. Sober? Oh, you mean Eva Marie dated drink. Michael Hayes sober. <laughs> Very aware of all of the weird scabs. She on made his the penis. decision to listen to all of his music while they were fucking. <laughs> best read a mini pussy. Best read in your cunt. Wait, I do. You mean? Do you mean Rosa Mendez and not oh, geez, Eve Marie? I? Yeah, I think it was Rosa Mendez then. Um. Another staple of every podcast, baby. We're gonna, you're gonna hear some clicking because I'm going to look this shit. I'm up looking online. it up. It's very hard because there's just so many Reddit threads titled "Which Divas Give BJ's to Michael Hayes." <laughs> bah, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Hayes and Rose of the Goat Mendez were dating. Smackdown Divas BJ's to Michael Hayes is a real Reddit thread. That is fucking Isn't it? hilarious. Isn't it? But like, which, which, sometimes wrestling is exactly what you think it is. Literally, Smackdown Diva gives BJ's to Michael Hayes to <laughs> BJ's. Only someone who's never had sex and hates yeah, women would That's actually a BJ's. great observation as well. It has to be the combination of you're both a virgin and you don't like women. Yeah. That's a 14-year-old who blames not getting a date to a dance yeah. on them. I never asked, but maybe they should have asked me. Yeah, Sandra should have known that I liked her based on the fact I'd never have been near her before. <laughs> One time I was in her class, and I I was just staring at her the whole time, and her back of the Remember head Remember, I got knew. Made, made fun of a lot because I just started asking out girls I thought were hot that I'd never spoken with before because I was just like... I gotta see the, I gotta see some tits up close and personal sometime soon, so I did that for like thirteen That's and fourteen. Idea, did not work at all, but uh, hardened yeah. me up. And I remember I brought it up because a friend of mine, like years later, was like, "Remember when you made it? You asked out all those girls in our class?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get 
I'm trying to get some fucking quim, and you, my friend, are masturbating in the back of a Chevrolet Chevette. <laughs> Jacking off in a car is good. Also, there's the weird thing of, like, like I didn't uh, have a sexual experience at that age, but, like, there's some people who did, and then they have, like, memories of a 13-year-old's tits that they look on fondly. I never thought of that, because I... All my sexual experience is pre eighteen, not not good time, not memorable. Yeah, well, I mean, all right. So these, uh, the guess which friend of ours? That's actually a joke he has. I think I know exactly which friend it was. Was it the friend that we were talking about before we started the show? Yes, yeah, so it was Bobby Mayer, very <laughs> talented comedian. Who I think I think the premise is someone made fun of him. And Bobby's hilarious because if you make fun of him and get him, then he'll just like dedicate oh, he'll his destroy life you. to ruining you. So he was just like, oh, yeah, well, you jack off to a 14 year old's tits, you fucking pedophile. <laughs> if, I'm ever, if I'm ever murdered, I'm putting in my will Bobby Mayer is to be given a large portion of my meager assets to hunt down said murderer. And destroy them. <laughs> so this is this is obviously not part of Stephanie McMahon, but he had one of we had one of the best conversations ever. Where Bobby was like, "I mean, my life. I'm married. I'm. It's good. I. I'm a clean comedian now." And literally that night, he had just tried out a joke where the premise was, um, he went that he went to uh Taiwan. He like went to Taiwan. He was like, "It was good. I visited my slaves." The slaves that make all our clothes. I visited them, guys. No one liked it because it's like way too close to the bone. But I thought it was such a funny idea. It's one of those jokes where it's like no one will ever laugh at this, but that doesn't mean this isn't hilarious. This is just people being in denial because it's very sad, but this is what it is. It's like <laughs> there is slavery still in the world. So. The best, though, is technically that's clean. There's nothing offensive in that. Yeah, just describing <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's nothing offensive. It just makes everyone very uncomfortable. That's what happens when you own slaves. That's true. The truth is uncomfortable, bro. Yeah, that's my, my new podcast. Too. That's why I got a fucking. I got the flat Earth tram stamp, bro. I'm letting them know. Um, nice. Our new podcast will be called "The Earth Is Flat." Backslash. Who yeah, just turned welcome 18. to the flat Earth? I'll tell you what's not flat: your chest. <laughs> um, what were the names of the shock jocks we were doing at the beginning of the stephanie mcmahon saga i forget everything this is why shows have producers because then you can have merch and like catchphrases I think one of them was called bad jew <laughs> i think it was like i think it was yeah some bad jew in the cunt or something I think it was bad Jew and cum. <laughs> yeah, I'm cum. I was actually cum and you were bad Jew. Um, and I bring this up because oh, Bruce really? Pritchard is about to be fired in our saga. Stephanie McMahon leads the charge to have Bruce Pritchard shifted from the company. They have never acknowledged it, but they clearly have a lot of problems, mostly because Bruce Pritchard has been around long enough to know Stephanie as a kid. And also... Her dad listens to Bruce. Bruce is one of the big architects of a variety of very successful things that happened to his company. There's no way he's not going to heed Bruce's advice. He would take Bruce's word over his own daughter. And also, as we've learned from Bruce Pritchard's podcast and how everyone in wrestling who isn't Jim Cornette and Jim Ross, Bruce Pritchard, bit of a dick. 
Yeah, I mean, you work in that capacity for a long time, and you see someone as something. I do think that you would need to remove someone from that position. Like, it takes a lot to reframe how you think of someone in your head. Absolutely, and it is something that Stephanie would never have needed to do, and nothing that she would want to do. Her thought would be, we are moving into the 21st century, we need to update our product, not understanding that wrestling is like a, it's a long-term soap opera. The structure of wrestling is essentially uh, white hat beats black hat. That's all it is. And all you're trying to do as a creative person within that industry is figure out interesting ways to present that storyline in the longest yet most interesting, entertaining way possible. Bruce Pritchard has proven time and time again that there are a lot of examples where he is very good at that. There's a lot of examples where he's fucking terrible at it as well, but there's a lot of examples that he's very good at it. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's... But from Stephanie's perspective, she's been in this company eight years. She's It's, it's her father's fucking company. This is also when Shane... Shane is really... This is when Shane is like, I don't want to just take over daddy's business. I want to create my own, which is why he's already petitioned Vince to buy the UFC when it was like had no money. And he's like, this is going to be huge. Vince said, no, of course, now the UFC is the UFC. UFC is now just taking off as another thing. They're also segueing into the network era because uh, this is some of the stuff that uh, as vice president of creative Stephanie was uh, able to do. She spearheaded the bringing up of the WWE app. Uh, she started the anti-bullying campaign, the partnership with the USO Metropolitan Washington. The she, she did Tout. Do you remember Tout? No. You don't remember Tout? Tout was like a oh, social media. It was, an, was an, a video app that you would just record like 20 seconds of video. So basically they did Tout. Oh my God. What was... Tout was a video app, and it was kind of like Vine did a way better version of it. But the thing was, Tout, I don't know how, how they, I don't know why they started it. Because Tout was, wow, Tout is still out there. Um, I don't know why they thought they could do this. Because it was an, a video app, and the only people that they had to really do anything with it were the wwe and Shaq. like they tried to start an entire app that was going to be bigger than twitter it was um, all right so it was a tout online and microblogging service that enables users to view to send and view 15 second videos so what they would do is this is before they were like this is trending on twitter on wwe television they would be like send us your touts about the show and then they would show some on the show. And they were trying to get a bunch of users on there. It was a big fucking failure. No one thought it would ever work. When in reality, seemingly, it was just what... Like, all social media apps now are everything. Like, they have video. And they have a bunch of, like, obviously, text services and shit. And Instagram really did great with that. But Tout was, like, right there for two seconds. But the only thing was, they just didn't have anyone cool telling you to use the app. It was like... A guy who's about to retire because his feet doesn't work, and a bunch of clowns in makeup. Yeah, it's basically, it's the TikTok of its time. That's exactly it. That is exactly, exactly it. Um, so how, why does she fire Bruce Pritchard? It's the best. 
Oh, wait, we should talk about that after the break. We've done. No, we haven't. Oh my God, let's. I'll talk to you after the break. After the break, we'll talk about some Pritchard. I've been, uh, I've been, sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview <laughs> and donate <laughs> and donate to us. Five dollars gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For twenty-five bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did Buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it, we have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the Buck Zumoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gets a shit? Ladies and gentlemen, the year is 2008, and Bruce Pritchard on December the 1st, 2008, gets released from the WWF. He claims the following about what occurred. When Stephanie went away and had her first child, there was a time when either Vince or Stephanie had to approve everything that we did, whether it was a pre-tape in the back, or if you wrote something, or if you produced something. They would approve it. As time went on and Stephanie had her first child, that became Bruce, and Bruce was the guy that would approve things, and Bruce is the guy that would look at it. I hated approving scripts because that's not my bag, but for pre-tapes and interviews and working with talent, that was my forte, and guys would come to me to get it approved, and Vince gave me carte blanche. When Stephanie came back after her first child, she took over those duties again, and when she had her second child, she went away again, and it was Bruce. So the writers and the producers and the talent, I think, got very comfortable with Bruce because I wasn't a McMahon. Weird that he said all of that in the third person. I think Steph came back from her second child. People had a comfort with me there, and I think Vince had a comfort with me there, but that was Stephanie's role. And instead of people going for uh, going to Steph for approval and um, going to Steph to have things done, they came to me because that's what they had uh, done for the last three months, including her father. So when she came back, people were bypassing her, and that became an issue. It was a tough place to be. I was between a rock and a hard place because it was just um, the other writers and other producers. It was also her dad who would lean on me and ask me questions and ask for input that I would have to give him because that's what I'd done for 22 plus years. But there was a feeling by directly giving my input to Vince that I was going overhead. So I was just, it was an awkward, awkward situation. I don't know that it had anything to try and improve that. Pritchard reflected, could I have made the situation better? Yes. I could have, but I didn't, and I fell into a trap, man. I fell into a trap where I put Stephanie in a bad position. It put me in a bad position to where, guess what? One of us had to go. We were doing the same thing. I was very unhappy. I was miserable on the road. I was miserable on those marathon phone calls, and I let it be known that I was miserable. Uh, With Steph, if you disagreed with her, I think sometimes she took it as being insubordinate, um... Pritchard acknowledged, I understand the decision. I wasn't the most cooperative, and in, on the hindsight being 2020, on dealing with Vince, I don't know how I could have done that any differently. I really, truly don't, and I've tried. But maybe I could have dealt with Stephanie differently. I think I could have dealt with her differently and massaged the situation better. Now, Bruce, it had long been rumored, had not been fired for any of these reasons. Dylan, why was Bruce Pritchard fired, supposedly? Because he got a gun. He brought one gun to work. He claimed he brought a gun for to television. Now, what's even better is he absolutely acknowledges that he did, absolutely acknowledged that he showed to people because there was a tornado and he didn't want to leave a gun in his house, so he showed a bunch of people who worked on the staff his gun, and they fired him. I don't think he, they would fire someone for that. No, I guarantee that, like... That's just a more fun story than, I've been working here a while, and Stephanie now does my job... 
and there's new politics in the work environment and it's like a it's a very wrestling thing to report the reason he got fired is because he brought a gun because that's the most fun way to report it but in reality it's just general business things the boss's kid is now taking your job because that's the thing that you do before you run the whole company and now you're made redundant because the boss's kid does your job and they need to learn that aspect of the business before they take over. Like, I guarantee Roddy Piper brought a gun to television multiple times. Oh, yeah. Like, he probably shot Arnold Skolan and Arnold Skolan just didn't feel it because he was so drunk on gin. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's... uh. I mean, maybe because it's 2008 and blah, blah, blah. It's, they're a real company now. They're publicly traded. You can't just have hillbillies bringing guns. I, but I think that would have been like just a thing that some you did and then were suspended for. Like, I don't think that they would have fired him full stop. Like you said, if Michael Hayes is not going to be fired for calling Mark Henry the N-word, Bruce Pritchard is not going to be fired for bringing a fucking gun to, like, to work. I love it so much. He got fired. So he got he got fired for bringing a gun to work. How weird is the <laughs> HR department at the WWE? If that is the actual reason, imagine the things that they've had to fire people over. Oh hi, Tully! You you I tested positive for a drunk that's <laughs> a drug that's out of your system in twenty four hours, and it wasn't a random drug test. Get out. Okay, cool. I just thought if I did so much of it, then uh, I test negative. Ow, ow. How many don't take your dick out conversations have they had to have with <laughs> I think he's like, well, how about this? How about it's always out? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, his big takeaway is just just be naked. <laughs> no, 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 not naked. Fully clothed, but with your dick just hanging out of your pants. That's so much worse than being A friend naked. of mine was on a rural Australian comedy tour, and one of the guys that was doing the tour with him was a real drunk guy. And one of the things in Australia is... After shows, they really like it if you're, like, around for pictures. Everyone likes taking pictures. And he didn't like taking pictures in these rural towns, so he would just walk around with his dick out. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> an old There's a dude. video I saw where he's hammering. He's going, you don't want to take a photo? Take your fucking cock out. <laughs> and that man was you. That man was Jerry Lawler. Um <laughs> So here's something important to notice. After severe injuries, injuries, after severe injuries sustained by Vince on the June 23rd law, which was when, of course, the $1 million giveaway uh, set collapsed in order, to, in order to parody the disaster it had been. Do you remember the $1 million giveaway? I vaguely do. Can you refresh me, though? Because it's fun to talk about. I would like a refresher on the $1 million giveaway. This is where Vince smells money a lot in a, blink bla a pink blazer, correct? Pretty much. And uh, basically, hey, no one's watching our show. Well, we'll give away a million dollars. That was the whole thing. And it was like there was no creative ideas to change the show other than let's just give away a million dollars. Things will be fine. But never realizing, obviously, the reason that the reason that wrestling becomes less and less popular is actually so much more damaging than any other show because you have this glut of like hardcore fans at the end of the Attitude Era and then they just slowly make all of them stop watching wrestling. Essentially, yeah. They they spend about five years just being like, what do you like? And they're like, you know what I'm actually in the mood for is eggs. And they're like, oh, tuna melt. Cool. And they're like, no, like, I get it that you misheard me, actually. <laughs> and I will eat this tuna melt. You're, like, lucky that I actually do like a tuna melt. But, 
like next time could i have eggs and they were like of course like we know we know what you like we'll definitely get you eggs and like great and they go to that restaurant the next day and he's like oh yeah i remember it was me from the eggs and they were like yep we remember you love um ice cream sundaes and it's like no actually i'm being really vocal i want eggs and they're like cool here is your plate of actual human shit and they're like no i don't want to eat that and it's like oh you're gonna though because you've been coming to this restaurant for quite some time and it used to be great so you're gonna eat it and there and then a lot of people left but enough people for them no- to think the plate of shit theory worked ate the shit that they're like great we just can shit on them and then they'll stay yeah that's i mean that's what they've been doing for now 18 years and bear in mind, they're now in a situation where they will be sold off as a strong brand to Disney within the next decade. And um, or when that'll either happen when Vince dies or right before Vince dies. And then Vince will go to his grave absolutely convinced that he turned a wrestling company into a movie studio, which for some reason was his jo- dream. Vince McMahon is never going to die. He's going to outlive us all. He's eating a Subway sandwich that he is just made stems, just just a sandwich of stem cells every meal now. Like, there's no way he's dying. I guarantee that he dies within the next... I don't think he makes it to 85. I, I think he makes it to 95. I really no. do. What will happen is he will be like all of those guys, which is like, it's going well. They seem fine. And then suddenly he's just on TV one time and he looks weird and then suddenly he's dead. Well, that's already happened. No, but he'll actually die. He could actually die during plastic surgery because he's getting a lot of plastic surgery. You know, that's a great fucking show. Yeah, he'll do an old Joan Rivers, baby. He could do a Joan Rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Mike Adamley becomes the general manager of Raw. Mike Adamley, of course, is from American Gladiators and he's done a couple things in wrestling before in the 90s. And... He's the worst general manager of our t- of all time. This is Mike Adam going through this. I had no idea who that was. I didn't know this happened. I missed all of this. You didn't know who Mike a- Mike Adam Lay was a bad announcer, but they were paying him so much fucking money, so they made him the general manager just to justify that salary. Was he the guy who called him like Bill Hardy and like please welcome Vic and he's yeah, Jeff Harvey. Jeff Harvey, yeah. Yeah, he messed up like every wrestler's name. Stephanie Soons becomes the becomes the Raw general manager and reignites her feud with uh, Chris Jericho. Um, but in July, she has to take time off to give birth to her second daughter, Murphy Claire Levesque. Ew. Which is nice. Murphy. <laughs> she gave birth to the RoboCop. I don't like Stephanie McMahon and Triple H's parents. You don't like their name, their taste in names? It must be weird. Do you think that... Triple H's parents are like they normal are, people who are like, oh, I guess our boy is in the car- carnival, and then it's like, no, now my boy wants to run. The Evidently, carnival. they are like, a, according to everyone, they are like ridiculously normal. That's so weird. Like I think it's not really though. They're very much that. It makes sense to me. Yeah. One criticism that Pritchard levied of Stephanie is that if you disagreed with Vince, then it was like fine. But if you disagreed with Stephanie then it was seen as insubordination. And this, I'm sure, was just a way to, like, never... She can never be wrong because, A, it's... You remember, it's 2008. We're in the fucking... I think the Diva search is still going on. Like, the Divas championship is in full force and, like, you don't even wrestle. It's just, like, who can fucking smash a banana in their cooch best wins the title. And... 
Stephanie needs to establish that I am not to be fucked with. So I understand why she's doing this. It's just kind of fucked up. Yeah, essentially Stephanie's entire sort of this entire eight year period was basically her going from a kid who lived on a stoop to Omar in the wire where you have to fear her. The buck starts with her. She's yeah. a, and also, by the way, she's also having a child. Yeah, she's had she's had two kids. The next time you see her on TV is um, the feud with Legacy, which was, if you don't remember, uh, one of the few times they did it so well that you actually felt bad for Stephanie and Triple H, which is really hard to do. But um, Randy Orton is systematically attacking everyone in the McMahon family to get at Triple H. This is the first time they actually acknowledge that they are married in real life uh, because keep in mind, in storyline, they are still divorced, but they just like, ah, now they're not actually divorced. The WWE does that so much where they're like, nah, and they're... uh." Oh, except for... No, 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 except for during the the DX angle, anytime Vince was in the ring, Triple H would say something like, see you later, dad, EO, or like Stephanie was... Um, like alluded to, it and he was like, "I'll ask her." Like they would, they would allude to it, but never actually go for it. That's true, but this is like they full on are like these people are married in real life, blah blah blah. Anyway, really, really good stuff here. Where St- uh, Shane, sorry, Randy Orton beats up Stephanie McMahon and DDTs her through the ropes. Now remember, they do not do man on woman violence anymore. Um, at this point. And he DDTs her through the ropes with Triple H handcuffed to the ring. And it's a really great angle. And the other thing is, but I mean, to me, to me, it was always like Triple H should have been the heel and Orton should have been the babyface. But they, maybe that's my own, maybe that's my own prejudices coming out there. But I just feel like the new dude should always kind of be the babyface. Because you're trying to bring Randy Orton up and he's like, he's such... He's so good as a shithead character, Randy Orton is. And this is when they try and turn him babyface shortly after this. And he like, and they really kind of ruin it because they want him to be like Randy Austin, but it's just not going to work. Like, they try and remake Stone Cold Steve Austin every eight fucking months and it never got No, anymore. it's also the, the interesting thing about this is they do... Triple H's entire family gets attacked and he still doesn't elicit sympathy because he never is actually in any physical danger. Their match is also awful, hampered by the fact the stipulation for some reason is, um, like, if there's a DQ or a countout, Triple H gets fired, or they one of them will be fired, and it had to follow Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I remember that. I remember them pulling the trick of, like, each of them hit their finishing move within, like, the first 30 seconds of the match, and it really woke the crowd up, but then they just, like, went on to have a fine match. 80s style because they both love like they both would fit so well into 1993 WCW it's insane but both Randy Orton and Triple H a hell of a series with PN News and Firebreaker Chip (laughs) but that's the style they wrestled they wrestled that like early 90s it's like a good style but it really relies this is the back end of the Jim Cornette shit where it's like it really relies on the crowd being really fucking into what's happening, and sometimes that's just not the case, unfortunately. Like, you made, you've made made wrestling shows longer and longer, much to the detriment of people caring about what is happening in the ring, obviously. So, Stephanie uh, gave birth to her third daughter. This is Vaughn Evelyn Levest. Cool. She, she appears on a November 1st, 2010 uh, episode of Raw in a pre-taped segment where she dreamt that Vince... Awoke from his coma. This is real. 
played by an actor and one-time employee, Freddie Prinze Jr., informed him uh, that his wife, sorry, uh, her do- the guy playing her doctor in the dream segments is Freddie Prinze Jr., and he informed him that his wife, Linda, had invested millions in her campaign as she runs for the Senate. Vince's heart elevated more and more as Prince informed him that on what was wrong with WWE since he went into a coma. After feeling better, Vince realizes that his serious case of the runs, and he gets out of bed, walks to the bathroom, which he's covered in campaign signs to block his be- to block his ass. Vince suddenly wakes up from a dream and asks, uh, sorry, Stephanie wakes up from the dream and asks her husband, Triple H, off-screen, uh, voice work only, if Vince is still in the coma, which Triple H replies, yeah, he's in a coma. I'm pretty sure he's brain dead. Stephanie responds by saying, thank God, and lying back down. Good stuff. Was that ever resolved? Like, was that? did anything else happen from Vince McMahon being put, put in a no. coma? No. That's what I thought. Oh, I f- I fuck me. No, they didn't have it. But he had to, I like the idea of, like, Vince is like, and then I wake up and I got to take a big shit. <laughs> you probably love that shit. I got to say, good. I do love Vince McMahon's, knee, like, absolutely burning need to be like, and then I take a crap. <laughs> Isn't it fucked up to know that, like, if we performed in front of Vince McMahon, he would fucking Oh, buddy. I guarantee you would be the head of WWE creative within two hours of being off stage. Big pull off of vape? Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns does the whole match and then he gets diarrhea. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> his new move is he has diarrhea and then Rikishi comes out and Rikishi has diarrhea through his thong. I'll be on the beach. Uh, Vince, how about this? Just uh, one of the lady wrestlers has HPV and then she's fired because that's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how about this? One of them tries to have a surgery for gender reassignment, but then it just turns out they shit through their pussy now. That's it. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Can we kill Nicole Bass? Of course. How about for just half an hour we just give out Jim Ross's social and security number? Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, hey, Vince. Yeah. Here's how we, uh, Charlotte Flair, what's going to happen is she's going to run uh, Becky Lynch off the road in a way very similar to the way that Jim Ross's wife died. Only when she hits the rocks, she'll fart loud. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Stephanie only really makes a couple more appearances. In July, she was on the Thousands episode of Raw, July 2012, and confronted and slapped Paul Heyman to convince him to have a match with Brock Lesnar. Uh, sorry, to convince Brock Lesnar to have a match between him and Triple H at SummerSlam. And... She inducted Trish Stratus into the Hall of Fame because she's taken... Remember, this is the first... That's crazy. April 6, 2013, she inducted uh, Trish Stratus into the WWE Hall of Fame. And that is insane that it's not Lita. And that's clearly the first step they take into Stephanie McMahon taking credit for all women's wrestling being good now. That's crazy. Which is the most obnoxious fucking shit. We might have to do, like, an extra episode because that shit, when she takes credit for the Divas Revolution, it's the most insane shit. Oh, my God. I I had this noted down to talk about. She doesn't know how to say women without looking very uncomfortable. As if it's like, oh, that... It's a weird thing, That's the word that follows my dad laughing and going, they piss sitting down. (laughs) 
Learn to stand. Do you think Stephanie stands to piss? I guarantee that she does, and I guarantee that her dad and and husband check. I think she goes into a urinal front first, and then just like kind of hugs it, and she's like, "I'm an alpha." She does it. She usually does it when Brock Lesnar is taking a piss in the other urinal and just makes eye contact with his dick. And then when she's done, when he, she's done, she goes, <laughs> "Mine's bigger." And then blows him a kiss, and then walks out, not washing hands. Loud fart, closed door. I think that Brock Lesnar probably has uh, like a regular size penis, but it probably looks huge because his balls are like so small because of all the I steroids. guarantee that he has a weird looking dick. Like that's the kind of guy that's gotten up to some sex stuff that isn't fun, but is very memorable. Like he paid a woman to chew his dick. Rena, Rena, I'm going to put it on the table. Hit it with the hammer again. Brock Lesnar. Just ignore it. Rena, Rena, Rena. Cut it off. <laughs> Cut it off and suck I it. I cannot wait for when Brock Lesnar dies within the next, also the next decade. And then just the truth comes out about that guy. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing is I guarantee it won't be, um, oh, uh, he was a horrible, abusive piece of shit. It will be, oh, every night he cried. He was a cuck. Ooh. Like, I guarantee what would ruin Bernie Sanders' career more than anything is if it revealed that he gave 45 cents to the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016. (laughs) Brock Lesnar did? He probably just gave him a deer that he shot and wrote and with a note on it that said, you can sell this for something. He he donated pelts to him. And I get, yeah, no. And I guarantee if that was to be discovered, he would hang himself. It's taken me a while to like work through the fact that I guess all these country boys do have like really complicated tattoos now. It's very interesting. What do you mean? I always saw tattoos as like a, I just always saw tattoos as like a fucking um, city thing, but like every Every dude is like, ah, fish a lot, ah, live in the country, just has, like, sleeve tattoos. No, man. They do it because it differentiates them from the Jews. Oh, that's true, actually. Good job. Nope, you're right. Uh, So she becomes the chief branding officer, does Stephanie McMahon, on December 4th, 2013, which is, uh, and now here's some corporate speak, baby. She will lead efforts to further enhance WWE's brand. Among key constituents, including advisors, advertisers, sorry, media, business partners, and investors. She will also serve as lead ambassador of WWE and work with business units to support key initiatives. She will also lead uh, lead WWE's targeted youth and mothers marketing programs. This is the first step in her basically getting out of WWE. <laughs> yeah, this is her beginning to move toward um, working at a high level at a charity that is later found to have been a cover yeah. for some sort of arms ring. <laughs> well, how else are we going to sell arms to the Saudis if we don't pretend it's Toys R Us? I wouldn't be surprised if she ended up working for the commission to build Donald Trump's library once he gets out of office. Like, she'll end up in some sort of that kind of role. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'm really good at fucking saying things, man. I'm good at talking, bruh. <laughs> just talking shit. I think that she'll just like they'll they'll WWE will form a charity independently to hide a bunch of their uh, income. <laughs> the only thing Vince McMahon, I guarantee Vince McMahon doesn't call it charity. He calls it tax shelter. Yeah, no, he thinks that that's taxes. I have to go pay taxes to some fucking blind kids. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's why he that's why he created Eugene. He thought he could get away with having to donate to charity. He's like, I employed one. <laughs> I employ a bunch of women. That's gotta good for something. I get money for that, don't I? Yeah, he's in there. He's in- so she debuted the new WWE logo on April fifteenth, twenty fourteen. Um, she fired Vicky Guerrero. This was the year previous, though, um, and then lost that mud match. Yeah, she fired Vicky Guerrero. Vicky, by the way, here is the kiss of death in the WWE. You'll have a job for life. You will last maybe six years, and then you will be hard fired. And uh, yeah, this is the last thing. Sorry. This is the la- this is the last thing before she comes into the authority in um she- sorry these are the last businessy business things that she does before she steps into her on screen role as part of the authority and this of course is in the wake of uh the Daniel Bryan push and baby we got some motherfucking storylines to talk about because literally she's been on TV in a role. Uh, that's the head of blah, 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 blah for six fucking years. And it's going to be exhausting the next two episodes. I know. I, I don't want to talk about the sting feud. I don't want to talk about the fucking Daniel Bryan. Oh, it's going to be boring, but we will do it. And we will have hard penises. The whole when does Shane leave? When does Shane, Shane, leave? I think is gone by 2006 Shane. No, cause Shane was actually back. We talked about that briefly. Um, Shane left in 2009. So they go through a solid 4 years. But no, he left he left before 2009. No, he left with uh he left after the feud we just talked about it. We just he left after the feud with Legacy. Yeah, cuz Randy Orton had a no holds barred match with him and then Randy Orton tied up Stephanie and DDT her and that's what made Oh, you I think you yes, no you're Orton goes through all the members of the McMahon family. He's like, I beat up your brother-in-law. I beat up your wife. I beat he up He left dad. in 2009 because um, Linda went to go run for Senate. It was assumed he would be named CEO of the company. Father named himself. Also, an interesting thing, if you think about the lineage of like mother-in-law, brother-in-law, all that, you can do what me and my wife do, which is I call myself, brother, you fuck. <laughs> Now that we're married, it's like we're brother and sister, but we fuck. I mean, I like that. That's what I say all the time. And it results in a marked depreciation of sexual experiences. But when you do, at the end, you just go, I'm your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Suck your brother's dick. Mm, Does brother taste... Do you ever ask your sister if if her brother tastes good and then just kiss her on the ear? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I do that all the time. Good, yeah. But I'm really glad you waited for your uh, your uh, wife to take all of the kids that she's taking care of today away from the podcast, because right there we would be in both in jail. <laughs> we would be in jail. I had to wait for those kids to leave for 40 Brother minutes, John. Who you fuck? Oh, it's very good. That's true, though. It's weird that you say brother-in-law and father-in-law. And it's like, so wait a minute, we're related, but like. <laughs> What? That's my dad now, but you're not my sister. Let's get let's get hard. <laughs> okay, Dylan. Best thing about Stephanie McMahon in this era? Off TV. There's uh, they didn't move past the McMahons because they never really do. They never will, ever. But it was the closest we ever came. It's just the reason that they moved past the McMahons 
was in like in four or six months increments because they wanted Triple H to somehow get more shine. I'm going to say um, played the game well. She literally moved all of the competition that was impeding her out of the way and took control. Yeah, it's a very interesting six-year period, I think, uh, just because she goes from I'm starting to uh, – she goes from a writer – like this is this is the advantage of obviously having your dad own the company is she starts off as a writer and then ends this period by almost being out of the company full stop. Yeah, because this is the cycle now. It's one of those things where it's she's figured out what Shane figured out in 2009. There is a glass ceiling even for the McMahons. With yeah, if you're once you're stuck with the weird wrestling thing, you're stuck with it. You know? Like you're it's just, it's a weird subculture. Like, it's not porn, but it's not far off of porn. Yeah, it's porn, but only your soul jacks off. <laughs> I think the uh, the worst thing about her, the six-year period, or fuck, what was it? Six years? It's like eight years. The worst thing about the eight-year period is, um, I don't know, like, I... There's a lot of corporate stuff I can't really speak to. I mean, the on-air worst thing, I guess, is the dream where her dad has diarrhea. <laughs> that's probably the worst thing. No, that's good stuff, baby. All right. What's, what's, your, what's the worst thing for you? That dream sequence wasn't aired more often. Oh, yeah. It should have been the opening, the new opening to Raw is Vince saying he has the runs. With that old song where it's like... the phone in I gotta take a shit. So fucking awesome. He's the best. All right, so we're gonna be back next week with Stephanie McMahon Part Fucking Six. No, we'll do a standalone episode. Is it really? Yeah, it's Part Six. It's Part Six next week. Suck me off. Suck my little comer. Suck our comers, guys. Go suck your brother's dick. All right, I'll see ya. Thanks very much for listening. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Wrestler Review. That's at Wrestler Review. Follow us on Facebook, The Wrestler Review Podcast. For any other information about our stand-up comedies, you can get us on Twitter. I'm at Dylan Gott, D-Y-L-A-N-G-O-T-T, and that's at the John Hastings. The word the, and then the stupid fucking name John Hastings. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Not a stupid fuck. See you later. Goodbye.